Welcome to the KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast Series, delivering fresh insights and perspectives around major accounting and financial reporting developments across a range of timely topics. We thank you for joining today. Hello, I'm John Barbagallo, a Managing Director at KPMG, and in today's episode, I have the pleasure of discussing some of the key takeaways from the 2022 AICPA SEC Conference with three of my colleagues from KPMG's Department of Professional Practice, Tim Brown, Aaron McCloskey, and Carmen Ward. Tim, Aaron, and Carmen attended the conference in Washington, D.C. last month, and I look forward to hearing their insights on some of the top themes from the conference. But before we dive into the details, Tim, I will turn it to you first. Give us an overview of what the conference is really all about. Sure, John. Thanks. And I'm really happy to be back with you guys again for this podcast. But for those that may not really be familiar, the AICPA Conference on Current SEC and PCOB Developments is an annual three-day event. It's held in Washington, D.C., and regulatory bodies and standard setters, including the SEC, the PCAOB, AICPA, the FASB, and the IASB provide their current thinking on some of the most important topics of the time. Typically, one of the SEC commissioners presents. This year, we heard from Hester Peirce, and we hear from the chief accountants and the staff of various SEC divisions. We hear from the chairs of the FASB and the ISB and the PCOB, as well as various staff of all of those groups. In addition, accountants in public and private practice relate their experiences to the audience regarding what they believe to be the top of mind issues of the day. It's a great event, and it was certainly wonderful to be back in person this year. In fact, this past December's event was the 50th edition of the conference. I've actually heard some refer to this as the Super Bowl for accountants. Maybe we don't get a Sunday in February, but those days in December aren't too bad. Yeah, thanks, Tim. So, you know, obviously there were a lot of topics discussed at the conference over the three-day period. So, you know, give us your view on, on the top five takeaways from the conference. Sure, John. So... There were a number of clear takeaways this year, and I'd have to say that the easiest to identify was that the SECs and really the other regulators' current focus is investors. In every panel, we heard about how critical their missions are to protect investors. How do they believe companies can effectuate that focus? Through increased transparency and disclosures. Increasing disclosure was another area I would say is a key takeaway. Each regulator spent a considerable amount of time discussing how entities should be enhancing their disclosures to provide visibility to their investors. Another keen focus area was that quality is expected in the midst of the current macroeconomic environment. Today's landscape is filled with uncertainty on a global level. That uncertainty leads to greater risk, including fraud risks. However, the regulators expect increased rigor to provide the quality that they expect from public companies. That theme translated from financial reporting to heightened governance and beyond. And of course, emerging areas that we read about every day in the headlines received quite a lot of attention as well. Those included ESG items, cryptocurrencies, and digitalization. These emerging areas tied in with the last theme that I'll mention, which is that the reporting landscape is changing. Technology is evolving and driving the path forward on accounting and finance functions and at organizations. Cyber risks are omnipresent and critical for businesses to understand and respond to. Boards and audit committees also need to be in tune with these risks and responses. And of course, 
That was also tied back into what I mentioned before, which is increased transparency and expected disclosure as well. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Very helpful. So, Aaron, turning to you, you know, Tim just gave us his top five. Uh, so give us your view on the very first one that I think really stands out. The SEC's primary focus on investors. Yeah, so listeners are probably aware that the SEC's three-part mission is to protect investors, facilitate capital formation, and to maintain fair, orderly, and efficient markets. And to no surprise, when SEC Commissioner Hester Peirce and the then-acting Chief Accountant Paul Munter, and I say then-acting because since the conference, he has been formally named the Chief Accountant, but when both spoke on day one of the conference, each grounded their opening remarks in these three responsibilities. But their overarching emphasis was protecting investors and doing so through increased transparency in financial reporting and by providing decision useful information to investors. Now, this focus has been at the core of several of the commission's recently issued proposals and final rules, as well as in their statements and comments made at other conferences and forums. So we are certainly seeing it across the board from the commission, and that that is the focus of ensuring investors have the information they need to make investment decisions. And this theme of investor protection was also echoed by other speakers at the conference. Honestly, I don't think that there was a session that uh, didn't touch on it in some aspect, honestly. So over the three days, there were representatives from the FASB, the PCOB, SEC staff, other speakers. And in the various sessions, there were discussions that touched on outreach to investors to understand what information they need or want. The discussions emphasized communicating with investors through the enhanced disclosures, as we've mentioned, and discussions also about the importance of high quality information that should be included in those disclosures, which, John, I think that will lead us to the next theme. Yes, that's right, Erin. So another theme, quality in a time of economic uncertainty, right? I realize we talked about some of the financial reporting considerations during economic uncertainty in another one of our podcasts, but give us a high-level overview of some of the comments made at the conference. Yeah, well, first I'll say that there is absolutely no denying that we're currently in a challenging economic environment. If you think about it, we have a global economy that's showing signs of recession and within the next year or so, we are experiencing high rates of inflation, increasing interest rates, there's supply chain and other issues that are lingering from the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the effects stemming from the Russia-Ukraine war. And so companies are feeling the impact of these risks and challenges in their own ways, some more so than others, some directly, others indirectly. And I'll clarify by indirectly, I mean that, you know, companies have customers or vendors, suppliers that may be experiencing the effects of these events and companies should not be ignoring that, but rather considering how, how those impacts will flow on and impact their own business and operations. So in light of those risks and uncertainties, there is an even greater need for high quality information. And that is because these risks and uncertainties could impact the judgments and estimates that management is making in their financial reporting. So this means that companies, their boards and audit committees, their auditors all need to be cognizant of those emerging risks and managing them appropriately. And adding to that, there's the risk of fraud. And so that must also be considered by each of these participants in the financial reporting network, since challenging economic environments do tend to create incentives and pressures in that regard. 
So once companies have worked through that, um, they'll need to be transparent or they should be transparent by providing investors with very robust disclosures that discuss the effects of these risks and uncertainties. And then one last point to share, you know, there are several accounting considerations in these times of economic uncertainty. And if you are interested in more details about the accounting considerations, as you mentioned, there is another podcast. So do take a listen of that and you should be able to find that where you found this one. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate the insight. So, Carmen, turning to you, it's no surprise that emerging issues like ESG, cryptocurrency, et cetera, were hot topics at this year's conference. So tell us what some of the speakers had to say about these topics. That's right, John. I mean, we heard right from the top, from the chair of the AICPA, Anoop Meta. We need to stop trying to take a reactive approach to emerging issues because those are really going to continue to create challenges for us. So what do we in the accounting profession need to do to anticipate what are the new disruptions that are right around the corner? I mean, ESG, it's not going away, right? And, and I'll put a plug in for the climate and ESG podcast that we have. Well, we heard from regulators, standard setters, and practitioners all on the theme of climate and ESG. Digitalization. That's not going away either. How are you preparing yourself in your business for the challenge and the risk? What is in your risk assessment at your business as it relates to digitalization? And then for crypto, to the surprise of some, it's still hanging around. It's always in the news. There's a lot of uncertainty in the crypto space, as you hear in the news. And so we heard a lot from the regulators, whether that was from OCA, who talked about the SAB 121, so Staff Accounting Bulletin 121 that they issued early on in May in the crypto space. We also heard from staff of the OCA that talked about crypto asset lending arrangements, saying that, you know, hey, you have a script when you have a, a lending arrangement with crypto assets. If they have the economics of a traditional lending arrangement, you have accounting guidance that you can follow. And so they walked us through an example along those lines. And then we also heard from the Division of Corporation Finance. They they talked about the Dear CFO letter that they issued back in December. And that was really to provide for registrants and companies in the space to, to think about their disclosures if they have anything to do with this crypto space. So what do you have in your MDNA? What do you talk about in your risk factors? And, and they provided some sample comments that they've worked through with registrants as they've, they've, they've gone through the crypto industry. And so, so all of these emerging areas are still here. There are obviously more to come. So how do you think about what it means for your business? What are the strategies that you have in place to take on and think about what the emerging issues will be that are just right around the corner. Yeah, thanks, Carmen. I agree, they're, they're not going away anytime soon. But you know, one of the top takeaways that got my attention was the ever-changing reporting landscape, right? The first thing that comes to my mind, one of the drivers of a changing reporting landscape is how quickly technology changes. But uh, you know, as we know, there's much more to think about than just changing technology. So tell us about what affects the changing reporting landscape other than changing technology. Hmm, well, you know, there there will always be impacts and we'll continue to see impacts of technology on the on financial reporting and your auditing functions. We heard quite a bit though about cybersecurity and how that's creating a significant risk. And so what we heard from various groups is, is your governance and oversight, is that sufficient? And also are your investors adequately informed about these risks? I mean, when we think about technology and we think about 
who do we have in our business that have the right level of expertise to help us manage the risks related to cybersecurity or or the increasing threat of cyber attacks? Because we're in a digital world, right? It's 2023 now, and technology and cybersecurity risks, they're not going away. And so we heard a cybersecurity panel actually come on or that had a member of the Division of Enforcement. They also had a cybersecurity consultant, and they talked about what are some of the things that companies can think about to allow for better protections in their business? And they said things like, well, if you have cyber awareness training for your leaders in the company, who do you have in your upper management at the upper management level or at the board level that can provide some sort of cyber expertise to help you think about the risk associated with cybersecurity? They also talked about a trust but verify approach, which is near and dear to my auditor heart, I guess. A trust but verify approach, when you engage as a company, when you engage a third-party cyber service provider, or if you have information reported to you by your chief information officer function, think about, do you really understand the information that these providers and your officers are giving to you? Don't treat it like some sort of black box, right? It's important to know and assess and continuously review the information that you're receiving so that you understand. The last thing they talked about for an idea for better protection was thinking about, well, should you engage perhaps an external auditor that could perform a SOC for cybersecurity engagement? So I thought it was interesting to hear that there are ways to try to prevent or manage or protect yourselves in advance of something happening. Um, and then if unfortunately something does happen, if you do have some sort of cyber attack or, or anything, what we heard was, you know, hey, you have to be timely and transparent with your disclosures. So, so it was an interesting discussion in that panel and we continue to see the impacts of not just technology, but cybersecurity risks that folks need to be thinking about, John. Yeah, thanks, Carmen, very helpful. Uh, Tim, turning back to you on the last uh, takeaway. So what conference would be complete without a discussion on disclosures? So tell us some of the discussions uh, that we heard regarding disclosures. That That's absolutely correct, John. And I, yeah, I think as we've heard Aaron and Carmen talk about, disclosure really permeates all of these topics. So we did hear Paul Munter stress that there's not just the need for compliance when preparing financial statements, but it's also really important to communicate with stakeholders. He called accounting the language of business, right? So often when communicating complex accounting, you need to do that in a way that's understandable to the investors. And he invited companies to think about disclosure in a way that exceeds the minimum requirements. So say just because the FASB is contemplating disaggregation of financial statement disclosures, Paul's point was that doesn't mean that companies can't think about providing that information today. We frequently tell companies that the SEC is never adverse to seeing more factual or granular information included in a company's filing. So then Lindsay McCord and some of the staff from the Division of Corporation Finance, they talked a lot about appropriate disclosure. They had you know, new guidance that had just come out on non-GAAP metrics, and that really led the way on providing companies with more information so that investors can be better informed about what the story is that a company is really trying to communicate, what do those metrics mean, and doing so in a way that the SEC feels complies with their regulations. We heard that the staff was looking for more and improved disclosures regarding critical accounting estimates, 
uh, governance structure and oversight and emerging areas like climate change impacts. And as Carmen was just talking about, we've seen a number of Dear Issue letters that have been released by the staff uh, of late. Those are a great place to refer back to as well to see what the staff is looking for in terms of disclosure. We often encourage companies to use those as a tool when preparing their filings. And you really should be thinking about that in the coming months with annual filings and quarterly filings moving forward. We also heard from a number of panelists that disclosures about hypothetical situations that are now really becoming reality for a company should be revised. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's take the example as kind of Carmen was talking about of a company that had a risk factor stating that cyber attack may have had a material impact on a company's operations if and when that cyber attack occurred. Well, meanwhile, that company has had a cyber attack. They determined the cyber attack did actually cause a material impact. The SEC has an expectation. That expectation is that company is going to revise and update their hypothetical risk factors for what has actually happened and what could continue to happen in the future. We know that the SEC has actually taken enforcement action against companies that have not updated some of those items within their filings. We also heard about various FASB projects related to disaggregation, as we've talked about, segment reporting, income statement disaggregation, income tax disclosures, as well as, you know, as I just mentioned, the Division of Corporation Finance. And they really focused on some of the extra information that was required in some amendments to Regulation SK a number of years ago relating to critical accounting estimates. They didn't feel like they've been seeing some of those changes that have been made or were required to be made by those amendments. And so I think they're going to be placing a lot more emphasis in reviews of filings moving forward on some of those disclosures. Maybe I can sum this up best by saying that the regulators expect disclosures that are company-specific and transparent, really like Aaron was talking about before. They should reflect how management views the business from their own perspective. Registrants and their disclosure committees can use the start of this new year to take a fresh look. Consider what has changed that needs to be updated. Consider disaggregation of information. Do your disclosures reflect today's environment without simply relying on past views or boilerplate language? Yeah, Tim, thank you so much. And Tim, Aaron, and Carmen, I really appreciate you spending time chatting with us today. This is a great overview of one of the many topics, or I should say the uh, top topics discussed at the conference, and I look forward to speaking with you on future podcasts. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to this KPMG Financial Reporting Podcast. For more in-depth financial reporting developments, analysis, and podcast episodes, please visit frv.kpmg.us and be sure to subscribe today. Also, we're social. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at KPMG Financial Reporting View or with hashtag KPMGFRV.